Music and art are an expression of an artist's perspective on life. They shape our own perceptions of reality and help us develop an appreciation for the world around us. Connect with creatives of every nature to understand and deepen your connection to their work on the Evoked Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Evoked Podcast. Today I'm joined by digital storyteller and photojournalist at AMG Media LLC, Amber Marie Green. Amber, thank you for being here. Thank you, Tony. Thank you for having me. Uh, such an honor. It is a pleasure. It has been nothing but uh, just a blessing getting to know you and just the human you are. And we didn't even really get to talk about anything beyond just, you know, just the the, the essence of you and, and us and who we are, right? It's been <laughs> yes, a beautiful sir. conversation. <laughs> thank you. Just, it's, I am learning about just being. Absolutely. Just being present and being of just enlightenment and being of gratitude. And I think you exemplify that, you know, well beyond just our conversation today. But getting into what you do as a as a as a storyteller, digital storyteller and photojournalist. Um, you know, we kind of talked briefly about it, but I definitely believe I definitely believe it's a calling um, or an assignment. I believe everybody was gifted with an assignment, almost like I think of it as if you go to a village, right? Any village in any country, any town, you have the potter, you have the baker, you have the, 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 the locksmith. I believe my assignment, um, through the gift of photography is to tell stories, real unedited, uncut stories of everyday people, everyday events, everyday lives. I love that. And even as you started saying being present, you know, there's nothing more present than when you're in that moment capturing something because you have to be so aware of everything. Yes, yes, yes. Like literally like my eyes, even even now, you know, my eyes are always on the swivel. I'm always, you know, let me grab my phone. Let me grab my camera because I know this moment I need to freeze. I know there's going to be a story behind it, but I need to freeze this moment so people can see and understand it. Wow. (laughs) Where did that come from? When did when did you pick up not only the gift of photography, which comes with you know, that, but the storyteller part? Where where did you find that that's that was your passion, something you wanted to do and pursue? I always had the gift for art, um, but I didn't actualize it till like seven years ago. Um, wow. In another lifetime, I was in the dental field for like <laughs> seventeen years. I was a dental assistant, then I was an office manager. <laughs> And I thought the dental practice that I was working at um, got bought out Mm. and the new owners cut my hours in half because I was the highest paid. So at the time, being a single mother and having a toddler, it just devastated me. And I went home in tears, sat on my couch and saw a Kodak commercial. We talking Kodak. So (laughs) you look way too young to even know about Kodak. (laughs) The Kodak. You know, I remember when you had to go to to Walgreens and drop off the film and get the roll. <laughs> well, that's how I started in photography, and it was super expensive. Yes. Like, oh my god, I broke the bank like often just yes. on film. Just on film alone, let yep. alone the camera. And you said you worked in the dark room, which I still haven't had the privilege to even experience. No, I didn't say it. I worked in the dark room. I oh. just took my film to get. To- <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had that. I wasn't that far back in photography. Yeah, I wish I had taken it more like high school and school, but everything was self-taught. But yeah, no, 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 no. I, yeah, no. I didn't even get to experience that. So. And it took us watching the Kodak commercial and even back, rewind, um, you know, being, I guess, an everyday working American, getting up, going to work, paying your bills, coming home. And I always had this nagging feeling. I know I'm made for more. I know I'm made for more. This was 10 years prior. I knew I was 
built to do more. And I saw that Kodak commercial and even a couple months, you know, I looked for a second job and that nagging feeling of that Kodak commercial would not leave me. So I started Googling, you know, photography Wow, what classes. a commercial. I mean, the- <laughs> I, don't even, I remember it was like somebody taking pictures of mountains, you know, wow. it was just so random, but, it but spoke, it hit, that it hit you. seed was planted. And wow. it would not go away. Wow. Even when I was looking for jobs, I was like crying because I'm like, I am about to go back into what you want to call the matrix of just getting two or three jobs just to make ends meet to pay for. I was meant for this. Right. So I started looking for classes online and none of the classes fit my schedule. And so I started kind of just Googling photography and what type of cameras I can get. And I took a leap of faith and I took my rent money. And I bought a DSLR. No way. Off Amazon. Wow. Didn't even. It was, luckily, it was a Canon. I didn't. I mean, I could have just bought anything. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I bought a DSLR so with funny. my rent money. My mother was pissed, rightfully so, because I had to borrow the money, mm. and I had a toddler at the time. So, I mean, if I have a thirteen-year-old, my son had a child, and he took instead of taking care of him and his child, took that rent money on the fly to buy equipment, a camera. I'd be pissed too, right? Right, but that nagging feeling wouldn't go anywhere. And I bought the camera, and I started. I started I started going to the class of YouTube University. The best one. <laughs> the best one. I started Googling my camera, just Googling YouTube and different ways of using it. And then I went to the streets of Chicago and I just started taking photos. I was just posting on social media random photos of trees and the lake and buildings. And then I ran across a gentleman in Hyde Park. I always saw him. He knew my name. And I was like, let me take your photo. And I took the photo and I said, Can I ask you, how did we get here? And in the back of my mind, I thought I'm a fan. And I saw the book, Humans of New York. I saw it on the coffee table. I'm such a fan of Humans of New York. And so when he was telling me a story, I said, can I record it? So I started transcribing the story. And I posted his story on Facebook. And then I was going back in the streets. And I started taking more photos of, if you want to call them homeless or less fortunate. I like to call them less fortunate. Um, And so then I created a Facebook page called Chicago Souls. And so I started posting portraits of homeless people and transcribing their stories. And through that, it's called Chicago, well, it's not there anymore, Chicago Souls. And whatever preconceived notions people had of homeless or less fortunate people, I literally dismantled that. You know, whether they're alcoholics, they're drunks, they're this, they're that, where we learned that there was many reasons why human beings are laying out on the street, especially in Chicago. And, you know, the weather's unpredictable. You know, we learned that there's a lot of homelessness due to gentrification, a lot of homelessness due to the dismantling of healthcare facilities, mental facilities, domestic violence. Our veterans are not being treated properly when they come home. There was just so many different reasons. And so then with that happened, um, a non-for-profit a, a tech incubator, Blue 1647, caught wind of what I was doing, and they approached me. They, you know, they were in Pilsen. They were teaching code and tech to the black and brown children of the community. Wow. They were doing amazing things, but, you know, they didn't have the media or the photographers. So they was like, hey, can you capture what we're doing? I said, sure. My first paying gig, you know, as a photographer. No way. Yeah. Like, like literally like uh, uh, being on retention. Right. Um, and so I started covering and taking photos of the things they were doing. 
And then they asked me to teach photography. I said, hold up, hold up, slow down. I've only been shooting for about a year and a half. They was like, no, Amber, you're going to teach. So I thought of, and, and they had a women initiative called 1919 Women Initiative, where they had a series of classes where they had women photography, women learning graphic design, public speaking, and they wanted me to spearhead the photography class. And so only a year in photography, um, I, I was like, how am I going to approach teaching? So I'm not an expert. Right. Only way I can approach teaching these women is by being honest. So I had a class of 15 women sign up for the class. And the beginning of the class, I said, listen, ladies, I don't know everything about <laughs> photography, but I'm going to teach you what I do know and what I don't know. I'm going to be honest and we're going to figure it out together. And that honesty was like the best class. And I kept matrix. And so I taught four of those classes. And out of four of those classes, I think out of 65 women, five of them actually have grown their business and now are photographers full time. Wow! But that came from me just That's being honest, amazing. you know, yeah. <laughs> truth. We speak well, truth. think about it though. If, if, if they're starting out that way, right, where mm -hmm. they're, they're going to a class, I mean, you didn't even do that. So right off the bat, they're already at an advantage with you. It doesn't yeah. even matter. You can't go any from up from there, right? Mm -hmm. On an accelerated path. So, you know, what what from there, like what happened or what evolved for you? Because oh, you're not doing that anymore, right? No, not so, no more. So now you're full on photographer. But how did that help shape you? Or so what happened? It just it literally it snowballed from me being on the couch crying over losing a job and a Kodak commercial inspiring me to where I'm now spearheading the photography class, then all of a sudden, because of the photos I was doing for the non-for-profit, people were like catching on. All of a sudden, we needed a media department. No way. So they was like, we want you to be the media director. So then I'm spear, and then I galvanized the team and it just so happened to be men, right? So I had, I was spearheading a team of like, 15 men, the top videographers, editors, copywriters, publicists. Then all of a sudden, I'm putting together press conferences. At the time, it was Rahm Emanuel. So I went from the Kodak commercial on the couch crying over a job to putting together a press conference and covering events with the mayor of Chicago, which was Rahm. And then all of a sudden, the Cuban Cuban ambassador caught on to what this non profit's doing. So I was putting together, I'm sitting at the conference table table and taking photos with the Cuban ambassador. Wow. In 2017, um, we won the Innovation Award. It was amazing because we created this campaign called The New Normal. You remember high school where you had the cool table, the jocks and the nerds, and the nerds would just got made fun of or whatever. We created this campaign called The New Normals of being the nerd, being smart, being a tech was actually cool. And everybody, like <clears throat> the new normal. So that everybody, I mean, people in every industry was hashtagging the new normal, ha you know, wanted to be a, be a part of this wave. Um, you know, where, where, where you see a man who may only have a high school degree coming and learn this accelerating coding class and getting a job at Silicon Valley, you know, making starting six figures. Yeah. You know, you know, they had Latina girls call where the girls in the community learning tech and also a place where they're safe, whether their families are documented or not. Wow. You know, the young the young black boy learning Python and learning right. how to web development. So we were we created this whole campaign around learning education stem is actually cool to the point where even um we there i mean it didn't happen but you know it got all the way back to atlanta you know big boy from outcast was like yo we want a coding class at stank on your studios wow yeah. that's crazy <laughs> yeah look at that all from that kodak commercial all from that kodak commercial <laughs> we gotta let kodak know <laughs> 
listen, they need to run us a check and right. uh, give us absolutely. <laughs> but that came from me knowing even 10 years ago, I was made to do more. So then we went to New York. We rung in the opening bell at NASDAQ. <laughs> Wow. Uh, but while we was there, we hosted a 12-hour hackathon for the young black girls of Brownsville community, which is considered underserved. And they use what they're going through, which was teen pregnancies, suicide, gentrification. They learned code, tech coding within 11 hours and presented their development to the mayor of it, you know. Wow. And so literally I keep saying from crying on the couch watching that Kodak commercial to literally within two years, you know, hobnobbing with the mayor and telling the story and being free and the assignment I realized I have. It just doors open I didn't even know existed. So when you think about yourself as an artist, which what an incredible <laughs> story, first of Thank all, you. right? But as an artist, how does that shape your relationship to the world, right? Because here you're you're saying on one end, this this life I had doing this job, mm-hmm. right? It, it it was a job, and mm-hmm. I went to work, and I knew what was happening, and go home, and that's kind of it. But now all of a sudden, because of this this art, and and it's funny because I heard somewhere recently that what defines an artist isn't their talent, but rather their curiosity, and that out of that curiosity they develop their talent, right? Yep. That, that they look for those things that teach them, gain experience. But for you, it became about being in a different relationship with the world, with mm-hmm. life, you know? How do you see yourself as an artist or artist in general that, you know, there, there is that opportunity where it changes everything, not only about what you do, but how you engage with life? It literally, I see, I see, even when I walk down the street, even when I was crossing the street and the car was flying, I was like, I wonder what the driver's story is. Right. I wonder if they're angry or they're listening to some music or they are rushing to get to somewhere. I literally see every person. I don't care who they are, what race they are, what economical background. I see a human being with a story that needs to be told or needs to be seen. Um, and I wonder if they have the ability or the platform, the resources to to be heard yeah. and heal. Yeah. It's I see I see life when I'm driving down the street and I look at the beautiful skyline. I'm like, I'll grab my phone and take a photo, and I'm like, I wonder what God is thinking as He created these clouds for today. What's the, why why That's did, deep. why did today need to be a cloudy day? Right. You know, right. is 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 the earth dry? Does the plants need watering? Do do everybody need to get their butts in the house and on a rainy day and to reset? I that's I just I I think about even with this pandemic, I see the pandemic as a you know on the back of a your modem there's that little reset button you have to put your pen in. You know, I see the pandemic as the as that button. We had to reset and sit our butts down and look at ourselves in the mirror. And I wonder if we got the opportunity to do it as we're now getting back into and of the world. Man, that is that's deep. That's very <laughs> deep, you know, and I love that because it, it shows the the depth of where you're, you're exploring and that curiosity is not surface level. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and really you embody what it is to be a storyteller, because if. You think there's a story everywhere. I, mean, I, I agree with you. I think you're right, but most people don't approach it that way. They, um, they're not storytellers. They're they're almost like creating conclusions, right, mm-hmm. about people and and, and judgments and, mm-hmm. and saying this. And you're really looking to explore that and be curious about things. How do you think that, in terms of the pandemic, it, it changed the ways 
people perceive art, but also their relationship to art. Because, you know, if you were to tell a parent, right, any kid tells their parent, hey, I want to be an artist when I grow up. It's like, no, you're going to make money. You're going to mm-hmm. go do these things, right? But it seemed like during the pandemic, people found that it couldn't just be home and it couldn't just be about your job, that you had to find something to do, right? Otherwise, you're going to go crazy. And a lot of people turn to art. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of artists that we've even interviewed here started in the pandemic mm-hmm. and they became full-on professional artists. Mm-hmm. How do you see the pandemic, that reset button, all those things you talked about? How do people need to start thinking about art even if they're not artists themselves? I think people realize that they are art. As a Man. human being, when you look in the mirror, you work whoever you believe your higher power source is whether you don't even believe there's a higher, a higher source when you look in the mirror you were created by something so we are walking talking breathing thinking speaking pieces of art and what does art do it, it expresses something and so then people realizing I am not a robot. I am not supposed to get up, get in the shower, go to work, get in, get in my car, be in traffic, check the emails, go home, you know, check on the kids. I am art. I need to express this piece of art. And when we realize that we are art, we have more appreciation for other pieces of art, which is other human beings connectivity or how people express themselves, whether it's through writing, whether it's through speaking, whether it's through, you know, dance and informative, you know, expression, people are now seeing themselves. And now that they see themselves, they realize they're not their job. They're not their title. They're not their paycheck. They're not their salary. They are art. What they create, what they produce is an extension of who they are, whether it's their children, whether it's ideas, whether it's just being. And so I think that's what people are realizing, what they lack due to this reset. Wow. <laughs> Preach, girl. I mean, wow. no, I get really beautiful. passionate about it. You could tell. And that's a beautiful thing. I mean, wow. You're absolutely right. And when you see yourself as that creation, that piece of art and appreciating art as yourself, but as others, I can't imagine how you know, the world wouldn't change to be a better place, right? Well, think about it. Like, and I learned this. I, it took me a while to have more self-confidence. You know, it's it's amazing how sometimes a lot of people see the light in us before we see it, in, it within ourselves. And even when I was the media director, I was like, I'm just a photographer. I'm just a photographer. Don't see me. And even my colleagues like, Amber, you're more than a photographer. I'm just a photographer. I'm just a photographer. And... What I realized in that tech space, because I didn't feel smart, like I don't have a college mm-hmm. degree, right? And I'm around these amazing tech people, and they talk in code, and you know, they're they're dialect and they're they're articulate. But then I realized they need me just as much as I need them. You can't have tech without art. You can't have math. You can't have reading without art. If you go to any building, we can go to the building next door. What do they ha- have hanging up on their walls? artwork. Absolutely. If you go to Silicon Valley to Google, it looks like a freaking museum. True. You you can't have it. When you go to the when you go to a website, what do you what's going to attract you? The colors. Yeah, I mean, it's the, You yeah. ain't going to read about the bio and what the services, it's the colors that stimulate you first. Think about why you have, you know, stylists because there's psychology in colors because it helps you dictate somebody's possible mood or if they're authoritative or if they're passive. Everything goes back to art and expression. 
Absolutely. <laughs> and, even from, and we talk about like marketing, how you can't escape it, right? You create a commercial, you need video, you need photography, you need, you know, artistry, you need direction, but you also need music. You need, there's so many elements of it just to express something like you're saying. And exactly. And it's so funny how, it's not funny how I realized we were, or we were ordained with a certain assignment or gift. I remember when I was seven years old, we was in a mall. And you know, you have the guy that does the caricature. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to the guy, seven years old, I said, I want to do what you do. But my dad said, I won't make money. I'm going to be a starving artist. I remember. Wow. It's crazy. But that's the narrative. That that's every... the narrative. Always, yeah. So when I got a job, everybody, good. You know, you're you're contributing yep. civilian to society. You got a job. But when I picked up that camera, it was silence. I knew there was talking behind. It was silence. It wasn't until I blew up really? that I was getting celebrated. Wow. You know, yeah. Um, so I de- it's a lot of conditioning on what success is. But I think we're letting go. I think you're right. The the pandemic definitely had a a reset effect mm-hmm. in that people aren't as concerned with those things. That I mean, what are you gonna do if another pandemic happens? You know, what would you do if if those resources that you want to buy with the money that you saved up for aren't there? Exactly. Right? Then what? Then what? what? What keeps you happy? So. I love that. And I think it's just as people are listening to it, whether they like it or not, it's great advice that you know, definitely should listen to. But for you, what what's the vision then? What's the future look like? What can we expect from the Amber Marie brand? The vision that I am receiving, the assignment, which is different now, is to really storytell. Mm. Um, that I believe or I, I am assigned to directed towards people who are unsung heroes. And when I say unsung heroes, you know, I'm quite sure maybe when you was a kid, there was somebody in the community that made sure you didn't get in trouble or corrected Mm -hmm. you or um, the lunch lady at school who always gave you that extra scoop or such and such, you know, or for me, you know, I grew up in High Park where at Floyd's, you saw the same six men in the corner talking politics and reading the newspaper and, and, you know, they made sure, I remember when I was pregnant, I didn't have no car, Mm. you know, when I came in, they made sure they had my food ready, you know, or the bus driver or the janitor or I'm gonna be real even even the neighborhood crackhead right yeah. like listen you know he rob didn't bother people. he didn't you know he didn't rob people but he made sure like no, there was no riffraff on the block wow. unfortunately he probably was you know not in a space to serve himself but he was the neighborhood watch right you know everybody served their purpose and I I want to cover and and give those people a platform to be celebrated to get their flowers. Wow. Especially in this day and age where everything is media, social media driven and it's determined on how many likes you get or how many followers or how <laughs> many subscribers. And the everyday person who really probably don't give a damn about social media, they deserve their flowers too. They deserve recognition. They deserve to say thank you because you made sure I didn't head in the wrong direction even though I wasn't your child. You know, here's your flowers. And so that's the direction I'm going, which is storytelling, whether it's through photography, videography, um, blogging, writing. That's my goal right now. 
Amazing. I love that. I love it. I mean, love everything you do. So Thank you. excited to see you on your journey and, and, and be a part of it, help any way we can. But if you're out there listening and you just want to write her a positive note and say, hey, this was great. Uh, but also if you want to get involved, if you need your story told, please reach out to Amber. You can do so directly on our site, the, the form there. She'll get that right in her email. But Amber, just Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, Tony, for thinking of me. Thank you for reaching out. I am honored. And anything I can do to support this amazing movement you are doing, I am a huge supporter and advocate for.